And I was working in San Francisco. I had a great job, very, you know, cush lifestyle, company car, you know, stock options, a fat paycheck, you know, 401k matching, healthcare benefits, all the things that you think will bring you happiness, right? And I wasn't happy. This Runs Radio, episode 792, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. guys uh real quick today's episode of the show is brought to you by audible.com the uh the i think i don't know i'm gonna make up some numbers here but uh i think it's the the premiere the creme de la creme the number one audible bookstore in the world uh it's 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 an amazing service an amazing product something that uh I, i'm kicking myself that i didn't jump on board the audible train earlier um but if you haven't tried it out yet you can try it out for free by pointing your browser whether it's on your phone or in your computer to uh, disruns.com slash audible. And that'll redirect you to a landing page on audible where you can sign up for an account and try it for free for 30 days. And if you don't like it or you don't want to continue it before that 30 days, it's a super quick, easy process. Click a couple links, cancel your, your service and you'll never be charged. Not, not one penny. Uh, and the books you get, you'll get a free audio book plus two free audible originals. You'll get all of those for free. You get to keep them and still listen to them whenever you want. And then obviously if you want to ever buy an audible book, you can, you can do that as well. Um, but I think at least if I'm any indication, which, you know, not that, not that all of y'all are exactly like me, right? But uh, I think if you get it and try it, you're probably going to like it. And it's going to be one of those monthly recurring bills that you're happy to pay. Uh, in fact, I've, I've upped my subscription amount from one book a month to two and uh, kind of wish I could, I could up it to more than that. But uh, I just don't have enough time to keep up with all the podcasts I listen to plus, you know, more than two audio books uh, a month. But I, I absolutely love Audible. And uh, today's guest has several books that are available on, on Audible. And uh, I've actually listened to a couple of them and they're really good. You know, obviously the books are good, but sometimes, sometimes the narration leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, not with not with the books that I've read of today's or listened to, I guess, of today's author, uh, who I'm about to let you know who that is. Although you, you may have already figured it out by looking at the uh, the the you know title of this episode. But uh, anyway, if you want to check out Audible, and I would encourage you to do so, uh, disruns.com/audible. Try it for free for 30 days, and uh, let me know what books you get because I'm always looking for new books to read as well. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a runner that probably needs no introduction, but uh, I'm going to give him one anyway. Uh, over the years, today's guest has done just about everything there is to be done in the ultra running world. Uh, he's run all the races. If you've heard of the race, he's probably run it. Uh, he's taken on the ridiculous challenges. If you've, if you've thought of a challenge, he's probably done either that one or something uh, pretty similar. He's literally run all, all corners of the world, every continent. He's been there, done that, run, run there, and, and probably done it multiple times. And uh, he's written several best-selling books. He's been on a bunch of podcasts. You've, you've heard of him before. You know who it is. Um, and uh, really, I mean, that's probably just the tip of the proverbial iceberg. We can go down, uh, uh, you know, spend the whole day, whole time today, just talking about the laundry list of things that he's done. Um, and we'll probably talk about a few of those things, but, uh, over the course of today's conversation, hopefully we'll uncover a few, a few nuggets, a few things that uh, maybe he hasn't talked about as much. Uh, but anyway, without any further ado, it's a, it's a pleasure today to be able to welcome the ultra marathon man himself, Mr. Dean Carnassus to the show. So, uh, Dean, thanks for joining us and, and welcome to the show today. 
No, thank you for that very uh, glamorous introduction. I'm, I'm not worthy, but I appreciate it. Ah, yeah. well, I, I I do what I can. Uh, always gotta always gotta <laughs> you know make the prop the prop the guests up, right? You're, you're the star of today's episode, so thank you for taking the time. And, and guys, again, if you haven't heard about Dean before, um, which you know if you're new to the sport, that's very, very likely a possibility. Uh, you, you, there's a whole treasure trove of information you can find on him: books, resources, the whole nine yards. Ultramarathonman.com is the website. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, you can find him there uh, with the same handle, both places. Really simple. Just his name, although I say simple, it's just his name, but spelling his name might be a, an adventure, but it's Dean Carnassus, D-E-A-N-K-A-R-N-A-Z-E-S. Uh, and on Instagram, if you want to connect with Dean there, it's at Ultra Marathon on Instagram. Um, and as per usual, I'll have everything linked up today in the show notes for today's episode. Dizruns.com slash 792 is a link to take you back there. Again, we'll have all of all of Dean's uh, social media contacts. You can connect with him there. Website, books, the whole nine yards. Anything that makes sense to, to reference and link to and all that stuff will be there. Dizruns.com slash 792. So... Dean, the way we always start off each episode of the show uh, is is the same way. For somehow, somehow this is the same way since day one, five and a half years ago. This was the first question I asked, and uh, still going strong, still asking the same first question with every guest. Um, and I, you know, I literally have no idea which way you're going to go with it. Sometimes I have a pretty decent idea, and, and I have no idea at all. But uh, I'm sure it'll be fun, and I'm sure it'll lead us to uh, uh, some some area of conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race, and why? <laughs> uh you know i think the longer the better um mm-hmm. is is kind of the uh the overreaching um answer to that question i think anything uh beyond 100 miles is kind of my sweet spot and you know i um it's not in the ultra marathoning world these days it's it's kind of bizarre to say this but you know the the 200 miler is now the the new 100 miler mm-hmm. so 200 mile races have really grown in popularity in the last few years um, but prior to that, uh, I, you know, I contrived these 200 mile races. I do these, uh, 12 person relay races mm-hmm. like Ragnar. You probably heard of the mm-hmm. 200 mile races with 12 people. And I just enter as a team as one <laughs> and run and run the whole thing. And that's kind of how I was doing 200 mile races before, uh, you know, they actually became, um, you know, legit races, if you will. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, uh, I feel like every, every, around every corner, just about it's, it's, you hear about another, another 200 mile race or something similar in that in that ballpark you know 180 or, or even longer than 200 it's it's a little ridiculous or not ridiculous but it's a little mind-blowing for me who um you know marathon is a good distance 50k is is fun to dabble in once in a while um and to, and to feel like at that point i mean shoot you're just you're just getting started if you're going 200 miles you know the the, the first 30 miles or so that's just that's just the warm-up is uh kind of hard for me to wrap my head around yeah, you know, I've never I've never had much leg speed, so I've never been fast, and um, but I have had great endurance. Mm-hmm. So I just you know I do what I do best, and it's also what most enjoys me. So the two are aligned, and um, that's why I like doing the longer races. How did you kind of discover that 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 long distance racing, long distance running was was your thing? And I, I feel like I've heard this story a, a few different times. But for those that are, that are again new to the sport, new to new to you, um, kind of how'd you get started in this this ultra endurance scene? <laughs> it was bad alcohol is what launched me into this, <laughs> right? and I'm, I'm quite literally no. I uh, I was uh, a runner as a kid. I used to love to run as a kid. I ran competitively in uh, in high school on a cross country team, but then I uh, I stopped running at uh, when I turned sixteen. I you know running I thought was boring at that point that I was wasting my time. So I gave up running altogether. And um, then on my 
30th birthday, I was in a bar in San Francisco, <clears throat> you know, doing what people typically do on their 30th birthday. I mean, I was, I was getting drunk with my buddies. And, and at midnight, I told them I was leaving. And they said, hang on, you know, where are you going? It's midnight. It's your 30th birthday. Let's have another round of tequila. And I said, no, uh, instead of uh, having a round of tequila to celebrate my 30th birthday, I'm going to run 30 miles. And they looked at me and they said, run? <laughs> you're not a runner. You're drunk. And I said, uh, yeah, I am, but I'm still going to do it. And I literally, I walked out of a bar in San Francisco. I didn't even own running gear, mm -hmm. but thankfully I had these uh, silk boxer shorts on, these silk <laughs> underwear. So I pulled off my pants, and, you know, drunk, and just started running south. And there was a town called Half Moon Bay that I knew was 30 miles south of San Francisco. And I said, you know, just run to Half Moon Bay. And uh, off I went into the darkness. And, you know, you, <laughs> you do a lot of crazy things when you're drunk. Um, but, you know, by the halfway, by about mile 10 or 12, I started to sober up and I thought, mm -hmm. you know, what the hell am I doing? This is <laughs> ridiculous. But it, it just seemed right. I don't know why. It just seemed like, wow, I, I, this is actually kind of cool. Like it was completely, you know, it was two in the morning. Mm -hmm. The stars were out. I was on, on my own out on some, you know, country, back country road. And I could see the lights of SFO in the distance, you know, and the planes taking off and it just felt very spiritual to me. It felt like it was where I belonged at that moment in time. And I kept running and I made it 30 miles. You know, I ran straight through the night. And uh, that night forever changed the course of my life. I decided after that I, I was going to become a runner. Yeah, well, and, and uh, you know, to change changing the course of your life, probably uh, the, the understatement of the day. But, um, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like maybe not all of us, I'm not going to throw everybody under the bus, but uh, a lot of us can probably look at, at some, some decisions we've made after, you know, at midnight at the bar uh, with, with some friends that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe in hindsight probably wasn't, wasn't the best, uh, best decision. Um, but for you just, you know, setting out and, and going, um, was there ever that, that you can remember uh, at, at this point down the road and, and with, with a clear head, can you remember at any point, whether it was along the way, the day after, where you, where it was like, yeah, maybe this wasn't the, the best decision, or was it really just that, I don't want to say storybook, but was it really almost that storybook where it was just like, wow, this is just what I need to be doing? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, to, to describe what led up to that, I mean, I don't think I just compulsively that night said, okay, I'm going to become a runner. You know, I, I had gone through uh, college and then I went to graduate school and then I went to business school and I got an MBA mm -hmm. and I was working in San Francisco. I had a great job, very, you know, cush lifestyle, company car, you know, stock options, a fat paycheck, you know, 401k matching, healthcare benefits, all the things that you think will bring you happiness, right? right. And I wasn't happy. I thought, you know, if I, if I achieve all these things, you know, because I came from from not much. And I thought if I achieve all these things and I have material success, I'll be happy. But I wasn't happy. The formula wasn't working. I'd achieved all these things and I felt hollow inside. I just felt empty. I felt like there was no, there was no struggle in my life anymore. Nothing, everything came so easy. There was no hardship, no, uh, no suffering. And I just remember as a kid, how much, you know, running, especially running cross country, how difficult it was and how challenging. And I wanted something like that. And I think that's what led up to, you know, the, me walking out of the bar that night. It just, it, you know, that my discontent with my life manifested in get back to running. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what happened. And yeah, I mean, from that day on, I said, I love this. It's, it's simple. It's, you know, it, it's, it's not anything that's sophisticated. It's just running, but it's what you love most. So 
dedicate yourself to it. I mean, and I tell people this all the time, but, you know, if you love to basket weave, be a basket weaver. I mean, mm-hmm. throw yourself into basket weaving and you'll figure out a way to make a go of it. And I thought the same thing with running. I thought, you know, you love running so much, uh, dedicate to yourself to it and, and you can figure out how to make a living doing it. And, you know, that's <laughs> a couple of decades later, I'm still doing it. Right, right. Well, and that's that's something that I'm I'm certainly working towards, and, and have kind of sort of started to scratch some things out and, and figure it out, which is which is uh, inspiring to to hear that, and, and a good perspective to remember that it's not you know there's no overnight success, whether it's in building the business and something that you enjoy doing, whether it's just in running and, and notching off you know scratching off the the running goals that you might have. Um, but what was what was the uh, and I have to I, I kind of have an idea, but what was the the feedback from people around you from friends, from family. Like, I, I mean, I have to imagine it was a whole lot of what in the heck are you doing? Throwing, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, throwing away, like you said, all of the the things, all of the boxes that have been checked as far as the kind of goal, you know, good job and, and the benefits and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, what was, what was the, uh, the feedback from those that were closest to you at the time? <clears throat> well, you know, I, st- I, I started doing everything that many runners can relate to that have a, a profession or a career. I mean, I started, you know, running before work. I started um, running at lunch, you know, heading out of the office at lunch when everyone else was, you know, going to, you know, a a team building lunch. I'd go for a run and come back and do like a, a, you know, a sponge bath in the Mm -hmm. sink and and get back to the office kind of thing. So I was, I was doing all those sort of things. I was becoming increasingly disenfranchised with people that didn't run. Like I, you know, I couldn't, I was having a hard time relating to them in that, you know, I was seeking out hardship and I was seeking out difficulties and everyone else seemed to be trying to avoid these things. Um, and it, it just, it felt like there was a big divide between us. Um, thankfully, um, you know, you've got to know my wife. Uh, but, you know, I said to her after, after a few years of, you know, still staying in my career, very unhappy, you know, I said, you know, Julie, I'm, I'm going to quit my job and um, dedicate myself to running. And she looked at me and she said, you know, I wonder what took you so long. Mm. So I had a very, very supportive wife. And I think that was that was incredibly helpful. My immediate family was also very, very supportive. And I turned running into something. I mean, let's face it. Um, you know, in, in hindsight, starting a running, career, a running career at 30 years old is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> right. You know, you're, you're already you're already past your prime and I'm just starting out. Um, but I looked at running differently than just winning races. I thought, you know, running has to be more about adventure. I mean, to me, running was just as much about exploration and, and you know, pushing the limits as it was about racing. So, you know, I brought my family along on a lot of these adventures. And these adventures weren't necessarily uh, organized um, races. I mean, you know, I did I once ran 50 marathons in all the 50 U.S. states in 50 consecutive days. And, you know, some of those were actually races, the ones right. on the weekends. But you know, as any marathoner knows, you don't just show up in Iowa on Tuesday <laughs> and, and to run get a marathon, race, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we uh, we contacted the race directors for 42 marathons, um, you know, and some of the most prominent marathons in those states and said, hey, you know, the day I'm in town, like, you know, on the random Tuesday, can you set up your official starting line? Let me follow your sanctioned and certified course and finish at your official finish line. So I have a record of actually running a, a legit marathon course and 42 race directors agreed to that. So, you know, a lot of these were just um, what we we're calling recreated marathons. And people came out and ran with me. And it was just right. a great adventure overall. And my kids and my family came along. And, you know, how many kids at, you know, my son, was he turned nine years old. My, my daughter was 12. How many kids see all 50 U.S. states ever right. in their whole life? Right. 
And they did it when they were just young kids. So we had a great adventure. We met people. You know, we tried the food in different places. And so I looked at running beyond just, you know, winning races. That's that's a an important I think thing to thing to do, especially for for the vast majority of people who you know no matter what their their skill level whatever where their their talent level is i mean every race only has you know one male winner and one female winner that's that's it and so you know unless you're unless you're running a race with only two or three other people your your odds of winning aren't aren't always going to be very good um and and having other reasons other rationale whether it's internal whether it's external whether it's a combination of both is is obviously important um like you said, you know, you're looking at it from a different lens, looking for different adventures. Um, and, and maybe this is kind of a, a blurred question between, you know, where you were then and, and where you are now, but, um, what, what were some, actually it is a, a blurred question, but, um, what were some of the, the adventures or, or, you know, if you can get into the mind space that you were in then, um, thinking of, you know, 200 mile races now, or some of the other, you know, crazy, uh, endurance challenges that are out there. Um, were there, were there ever anything, any, adventures any challenges that seemed like they were completely unattainable that that now either you've already attained or you're definitely um exploring them as as legitimate possibilities as opposed to something that oh yeah i could never do that yeah i mean i've, I've done a lot of crazy things in my time as far as <laughs> running um you know i remember running uh i ran the first and and ever uh south pole marathon so there was a uh a marathon organized at the South Pole. There are quite a few races now on Antarctica, mm-hmm. but this was actually to the South Pole, which is quite a bit different than being, uh, you know, uh, just on near the shoreline of Antarctica. Right. I mean, the South Pole is 1,200 miles inland, and it's the most remote and inhospitable place on Earth. So, you know, I did this marathon to the South Pole, and it was a one-and-done experience. And we're, <laughs> <laughs> we were lucky to get out of there with our lives. So I've done stuff like that, but, you know, to your question, I think there's there's a race called the Badwater Ultra Marathon, mm-hmm. which you might be familiar with. It's a 135-mile foot race across Death Valley in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. So Badwater is the lowest point in the Western Hemisphere, and 135 miles from that is Mount Whitney, which is the highest point in the contiguous U.S. So the idea is to run from the lowest point to the highest point continuously uh, in the middle of summer across Death Valley. So the first year I tried this race, uh, it, it crushed me. It absolutely left me in a heap on the side of the road. Literally, I passed out on the side of the mm-hmm. road in the middle of the night and had to be rescued. And I thought, it, that's, it's, it's impossible to, to do this race. I mean, it's 125 to 130 degrees, and you're running for <laughs> 30 or 40 hours straight. I mean, come on. Uh, how does a human possibly do that? It was it was so overwhelming just to think about all the the intensity of, mm-hmm. of trying to do something like that. And I'd go for training runs on hot days, you know, where it was like ninety degrees, and I'd be dying. And I would think, you know, how, how are you going to respond when it's thirty degrees hotter than this? <laughs> so that that race, the first year I tried it, it was a big DNF, and. Uh, a lot of people would have said, you know, God, you're lucky you made it out of there alive. I mean, you know, you passed out in the middle of the night and your crew rescued you. But I could think of nothing else for an entire year besides mm-hmm. going back out to that race and trying to complete it. So the Badwater Ultra Marathon was definitely a race that um, I just I, I couldn't see how I could possibly do it. And when I finally finished the race, um, you know, it proved to me that maybe I'm more capable than I thought I was. 
Right. And, and how many times have you, have you done bad water now? <laughs> 10 times. There, there we go. There we go. Which, which, you know, uh-huh. obviously it was a little bit of a loaded question, but, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where once you, once you figure it out, once, once that nut gets cracked, um, it's, it, you know, what, what used to seem impossible all of a sudden, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's doable. It's something that, that you can, that you can do. Um, probably not going to be easy. Certainly that type of race, never, never going to be easy, but, but certainly doable. Um, and, and, you know, what, a, what a motivation that, that, or what an inspiration that that kind of story can be. And, and to anybody, you know, whether it's, it's running the first 5k without stopping to walk at some point or running bad water or anything in between. Um, you know, those, those are the types of things that, that, uh, I just, I just love about our sport and that, you know, we can, we can figure these things out if we're willing to, to, you know, put ourselves out there and, and take smart chances and, and see what happens. Well, I think you bring up a really good point. I mean, you know, you talked about earlier about a race, how there's one winner. Um, you know, I, I would say that most people that enter races, especially marathon distances, I mean, let's face it, they're in it for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's your own personal experience that really matters. I mean, yes, you know, someone's going to be really fast and we're going to define the best runner as, as the fastest and someone's going to win that day. But I think, you know, everyone in that race is trying to large, a lot of times, you know, trying to run their, their PB or, you know, trying to finish their 10th marathon, but they're all in it for their own experience. And I think that's the beauty of running. You know, here I am talking about running 200 mile foot races, you know, solo, but for someone else, like you said, running a 5k without stopping is an incredible accomplishment and, and kudos to them. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, uh, collaborated with, um, the, uh, the organization called chicken soup for the soul. And we collaborated on a book recently called running for good. And that really drove home the point you just made. I mean, there were stories about people that could not walk to the end of their driveway to pick up the mail. They were so out of shape and they decided, you know what? It's got to stop. I'm going to, I'm going to become a runner. You know, I'm going to run a 5k. And those sort of stories to me are so inspirational because you know, these are people that, you know, that found this motivation somehow from nowhere and changed their lives. So these things do happen. And, you know, I talk to people all the time and I say, you know, I really think you should run a marathon. And they look at me and they say, no, that's, <laughs> I can't run a marathon. That's impossible. And I tell them it's not impossible. You could do it. And when you do complete a marathon, it changes you forever. Yeah, it, it certainly does. And I think anybody who's, who's run a marathon, um, can, can relate to that. I, I know that, you know, uh, not that I've run dozens and dozens, but I'm, I'm somewhere in that 15 or 18, something like that marathon, uh, finishes. And, you know, like, while I can, I can remember, I think each of them, that, that first one, man, it's, it's, it, it just stands out in a way that the others kind of blur together a little bit because like, you know, to your point, it, it definitely changes you. It's, it's something that, um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to put into words, but I feel like when I talk to other runners, um, you don't have to explain it because they just kind of give you that look like, yep, I know, I know I've, I've been there. I remember. And it, it changed me too. No, it's uh, it's, it's almost like a, a, a tribal thing with runners <laughs> and this is a, it's, it's universal. I mean, I travel, uh, you know, uh, overseas quite a bit. And even if you don't speak the same language, you know, when you meet another marathoner or another runner and you go running, you speak the same language. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, there's something about shared suffering that unites people. You can relate to, you know, their, their plight because it's the same as yours. It's difficult to do what they've done and you admire that in them. 
and they admire that in you. So it's it's quite a, a universal trait between runners. And um, I, you know, I, I personally am such an advocate for getting more and more people into running because I think the world would be a better place if everyone ran. I mean, runners are. Um, you know, we're humble <laughs> because <laughs> our craft makes us humble. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're more environmentally sensitive because the air we breathe is so important. And I think we're, you know, we're, we, we, we have a, a more um, humane outlook on, on, on life and living. So I, you know, I try to encourage people of all levels and all skill sets, and no matter if you're, you know, old or young, um, you know, big or small, to take up running. It's achievable by anyone. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But you know, to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, Dean, when when you're when you're giving a speech or you're out on a run and there's there's people around and, and you know you're having some of these conversations with people that are like, yeah, it's it's great what you do, but there's no way I could I could ever run. How do you how do you um, I don't know if combat that is is quite the right way of saying it, but how do you try to to crack their armor a little bit to help them to to you know, at least plant the seed that that maybe this is something that that I could do, uh, even though, you know, to this point in my life, whether it's, you know, 10 years, 30 years, 50 years, however many, how, you know, however long that they've, they've been alive, uh, they've never thought of themselves as a runner. How do you kind of make headway on, on that front? You know, I share my story of, you know, how I wasn't a runner and became a runner. I share other people's stories. You know, I, I recommend that book I just talked about, mm-hmm. uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Running for Good. I say, read a couple of these chapters and you'll read about people just like you. That, that turn their life around through running. So, you know, I, you just, you, you have to be encouraging and you have to lead by example. But uh, I mean, I have, there's more stories of people that have, you know, send me messages saying, you know, you changed my life. Like I, mm-hmm. you said something to me and I thought maybe I can run and now I'm going to try a half marathon. So it's, it's, you know, I think people, um, a lot discount just how good they are. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the thing with running, especially for someone who's a newbie and someone who's, you know, is a little bit older and maybe not in great shape to start with, it's just, it takes a long time before you see results. It takes a long time. And I always tell people that are just starting out, um, don't run for distance, run for time. And I say, start by running for two minutes, two minutes continuous. And what happens inevitably is, People can't do it, mm-hmm. especially you know if they're if they're if they haven't run in, in years and they're really out of shape, they dash out too quickly and after a minute they're out of breath and they start walking, and I say you gotta slow down when you start and just try to run for two minutes, and when they are able to run for two minutes continuous, it's like it's it's momentous. It's like they've achieved something great, which they have, mm-hmm. but it's very quantifiable. And they say, okay, now try three minutes. You know, stretch it out. Try running continuous for five minutes now. And people make it five minutes and then they make it 10 minutes and then they run continuous for 15 minutes. And I say, sign up for a 5K, mm-hmm. you know, sign up, throw yourself into a 5K. And I, I, I see it over and over again. People, they, uh, they change their entire lives and they, they change not just their physical body, but their, their mental outlook on life. Yeah, there's, there's no, no question about it. Uh, just how you know, and, and obviously we're, we're talking to a bunch of runners here. So it's, uh, you know, pretty sure everybody probably is in agreement <laughs> that, you know, just the, the power that the sport has and, and what it can do, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually. I mean, there's, there's, there's no shortage of ways that the sport can, can change you and, and improve you. Uh, once, once you take those, those first steps, once you run for that first two minutes straight without, without stopping. Um, 
you know, and, and, and like you said, and, and again, like a lot of us have either experienced firsthand or maybe experienced, um, while encouraging that friend or family member or somebody else to get started in the sport. Um, you know, when you're first getting started two minutes, one minute, whatever, three minutes, it's, it's, it's hard, it's difficult. Um, and then as, as you progress up, you know, what was, what was once difficult is now easy, but then there's a new level of difficult. There's a new challenge that, that is, uh, in front of you. Um, and, and I'm curious for you, for you, Dean, with, with some of the, the challenges, the adventures, the, the things that you've done, the races you've, you've completed, uh, the challenges you've accepted and, 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 you know, overcome and, and some that have beat you down and you come back for, for more to, to try it again. Um, what, what part of that challenge cycle or, or what, what keeps you coming back for more? What keeps you trying to, to do more and bigger? Is it, is it just that, that, you know, kind of something about trying to just overcome or, or figuring out what your limits are or, or what keeps, keeps you pushing the envelope year after year to, to always be trying to do bigger and better things? You know, it's it's exploration. I think it's just you know people say, oh, how are you gonna how are you gonna one up that that feat? And it's it's really I don't try to you know one up things I've done. I just look at what would be the coolest sort of adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, w- what would be really exciting uh, and difficult to undertake, and and can you do that? And so now it's you know for me now it, a lot of times it's it's coming up with ideas like the fifty marathons in fifty states in fifty days. Um, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I ran across the, the ancient Silk Road in Central Asia. So it's, a, it's adventures like that that um, really keep things fresh to me. And it, it, you know, keeps running new and novel. You know, I've run hundreds of marathons and I still love running marathons, but I don't think I could, if I just ran marathons, I think I'd be a, a bit burned out mm. because, you know, as you get older, you just watch your times get slower and slower. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of frustrating. But, um, you know, when I do these sort of adventure races, uh, it's just so much more exciting to me in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, why do I still run ultras? I mean, this, you know, this, this year alone, I probably run a dozen ultra marathons and, you know, definitely a dozen regular marathons. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you'd have to, you'd have to live in my shoes to, to witness what I experience when I run these races. I mean, people, they get really excited to see me. (laughs) They're like, Oh my God, you know, you're, you're the ultra marathon man. I read your book, you know, you got me into it. And, um, so it's more, it's more like me giving back to the sport now to show up at these, at these, you know, ultra marathons of of distances I've done so many times, like, you know, a hundred K or 50 miler, but it's, it's more just me giving back and, and showing up and, you know, still, still going. I mean, like I said, two and a half decades later, I'm still running races. I'm still showing up, still doing as much as ever. And, you know, in, in a sport that can, that can just grind you to the ground, not many people have a, a career that stretches two and a half decades. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a, a testament to, um, well, I don't know what, the, I mean, obviously it's a testament to, to sticking with it and, and continuing to, to work and train, but, um, you know, what, what do you associate your, your, longevity your ability to stay healthy your ability to keep going and, and and run all these races and these these adventures and and just the miles and miles and miles um how, how do you how do you manage to do that when so many other folks it seems like you know not to paint with too broad of a brush but like you know running there's a lot of running injuries a lot of people get derailed from running uh you know on a, on a regular basis um how, how have you been able to stay as healthy as you have been you know, I, uh, I, I, I've always looked at myself as a complete athlete. Like, how can I be the best animal possible? 
So, you know, and when I first started running, you know, I'll never live down the story of, of one time ordering a pizza <laughs> out on a run because I was stranded with no food on this long run. And I, I had a cell phone and a credit card and I had a pizza delivered to me. So I used to eat a, a lot of junk food and I just saw the calories a calorie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, over the years, I've really fine tuned my diet. Uh, I've really paid attention to good quality sleep. I do a lot of cross training and strength building. Uh, I also think that um, for an athlete, interpersonal relationships are really important. I think if you have harmonious interpersonal relationships, uh, you know, you're, you're a better athlete. Where if you have really disruptive uh, interpersonal relationships and, you know, you're not happy at, at work and those sort of things, I think that wears on you as an athlete. So I've looked at myself uh, at, from a 360-degree uh, viewpoint and said, you know, how can you be the best you can be? with all of those elements, not just, not just running. I think if I just ran, I would probably experience more injuries, but given that I cross train and strength train, you know, and also watch my diet and also maximize, um, you know, quality my sleep, all of these things I think have played a part in, in keeping me from, uh, from injury. I don't think there's just one thing I can point out. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, we, we've talked about on the show, uh, several times with various, you know, whether it's, it's ultra runners or uh, physical therapists or you know whoever various various people uh, over the years where it's it's you know that that seems like it always comes back to that which is why um, I love that you said that because it's it's nice to hear different voices kind of say the same thing so that it hopefully settles in that that there isn't just one thing it isn't one size fits all when it comes to do this and you'll stay healthy um, and I love the idea of you know being a the the, the best animal that you can be because. Uh, it's something that has kind of been in my in my head for the last couple of years that you know the best runners are the best all around athletes. It's not just how best how well you can run in a straight line, but it's it's being healthy all the way around, uh, which really uh, gives you your best chance to hit your hit your running goals, whatever they may be. Yeah, and um, you know, for me, again, a lot of it is is just is showing up and running the race. Mm-hmm. You know, I travel internationally a lot, so I'm doing a lot of. You know, if I told you what I've done the last you know, four weeks, you'd, you'd say, you're, I'm crazy. I mean, you know, running a, you know, a, an ultra marathon, you know, in Australia, hopping on a plane, flying directly to Washington, D.C. for another ultra marathon. You know, it, it, I do these back-to-back races that are nuts, but I look at it as a challenge. Like, you know, mm-hmm. can, can you show up in a sleep-deprived state, you know, jet-lagged and, and still finish this race? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's it's inspiring to say the least, and 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 again, just you know, for for those that are listening that that aren't quite at that level of doing back to back ultra marathons, uh, I just just want to once again stress that that this this all relates no matter where you are is, uh, on the on the timeline on the progression scale, uh, whatever your goals might be for for running, um, you know, it's 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 that challenge, it's it's pushing yourself. Um, Dean, have have you ever had? Um, I mean, obviously that that first. Um, Badwater experience where where you took the DNF and and had had some troubles there. Uh, have have there been other challenges that that uh, you know for one reason or another haven't ended quite the way that you uh, had planned or you know for the most part have you have you been able to successfully complete the challenges that you set out to do? You know, by and large, I've always been able to complete the the challenges I set out to do. I mean, you know, I've, I've DNF'd races, but it's it's been a handful. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in hundreds and hundreds of races. It's only been a handful of races that I haven't finished. And um, usually, you know, I DNF if I think that I'm doing some sort of 
harm to my body. Like you, you know, this is not like it crosses the line from being healthy or even extreme to being reckless. You know, you're, you're hurting your body at this point. Stop. So that's happened to me a few times, but like I said, the, the vast majority of things I've set out to do, I've completed. Now, that being said, you know, I've been planning this, this really grand adventure for the past five years of running a marathon in every country of the world mm-hmm. in, in a one-year time frame. So I want to set out on a global expedition to run uh, a marathon in all 203 nations of the world in one year. And I, I started, you know, like I said, I've, I've been talking about this for five years, and for five years I've been failing at it because I haven't pulled it off yet. But I'm going to keep failing until until one day I succeed. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make it happen. But so far, you know, I'm telling you, I failed it at pulling this off. That is uh, obviously quite uh, the the undertaking. <laughs> um, no no shortage of logistics there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's ambitious. It, yeah. It's it's ambitious, but but wow, what a what an awesome adventure that's going to eventually be when when the when everything starts to line up. Um, can I ask what have been some of the 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 fail points or the the, the areas where the the it hasn't been able to come together yet? I, I got to think that sometimes like governmental relationships or travel, you know, restrictions to can't go, you know, U.S. citizens can't go to this country or that country. That has to be one of them. But um, what what have been the things that have uh, really derailed the project so far? Well, you know, thankfully, I have, the logistics have been nailed. So I've been working with an agency that uh, they help coordinate the Olympic torch run around the world. Mm. And they're logistics and planning experts. So I actually have a logistical plan. But to your point, um, you know, I've been working with the U.S. Department of State and the U.N. Getting into all of the countries right. is the hard part. So, the, you know, the State Department has a list of countries where they say, you know, you, we can get you to the airport or to the, you know, to a base. And you can either set up a treadmill <laughs> in the airport and run on your you know, marathon on a treadmill, or you can run around the military base, but you're not going to be able to leave that area. And you know, there's there's a list of countries. I think it's eight countries are on the list now. It's 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 dynamic. You know, right. it, it comes and goes. I mean, you know, Syria is on there now, and I'm I'm sure Bolivia might be on there now. <laughs> uh, you know, North Korea. So you know, those are the kind of challenges that I'm facing uh, as far as getting into every country. Um, but you know, have, it's it, pulling off something like this is really having the stars aligned. I mean, it's right. it's it's nailing a corporate um, sponsor that you know that that sees the vision in this, and you know, getting them to commit at the same time as pulling off the logistics at the same time of you know working with um, the folks at the UN and the State Department. So it, it's just when everything is harmonically aligned, it's going to happen. It right. hasn't happened yet, and I got to keep trying, keep talking about it. To keep the spirit alive, but I've been failing, like I said, for five years at doing this. But um, you know, for you and for the listeners, I mean, let me ask you this: of the two hundred and three nations the UN recognizes, um, how many do you think actually have organized marathons? Oh boy, I would say it's a, it's a lot smaller number than what people might estimate. So I don't know, maybe maybe thirty, thirty-five, maybe at the most. Actually, more. It's 108. Okay. Wow. Okay. Have, yeah, 108 countries have marathons. The rest, so you know, it's almost half. Almost half don't have an organized marathon. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be a GPS, you know, 26.2 mile route. But um, in the countries where they actually have a marathon, I'm going to run that marathon or one wow. of the marathon. You know, like mm-hmm. the obviously the U.S. You know, a lot of developed mm-hmm. nations. There's, there's many, many choices. 
wow, that, that adds a whole nother layer of, of logistics to it because, it, you know, like you said, I mean, some countries it won't be too hard. You have, you have no shortage of options, but I'd imagine that, that some countries there's maybe only a couple of marathons a year. So you got to be there on the right, you know, get to coordinate the schedule so that you're at the right places at the right times then too. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the problems I ran into with the 50 marathons in 50 states is it wasn't always just, uh, the next door state you could mm-hmm. go to. Sometimes you had to cross over states to get to another state that was nearby because that was the day of their marathon. So yeah, there was, there was definitely some of that involved. And, you know, the other thing is that for the, you know, the hundred, the, uh, you know, the 95 uh, countries that uh, don't have organized marathons, um, I'm going to invite the local country people to come out and run with me. Mm. So that's the other thing I think will make this adventure so grand is is not just one guy trying to you know pull this off is is running with others. So that's another element is you know getting the 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 route solidified and alerting people that hey here's the route you know come run the whole thing or run run some part of it. That's another element that's very important to me. It's not just you know, me saying, look what I'm doing, but, you know, uniting people and mm-hmm. running together with people across the world. Yeah, that, that, uh, that, that it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. One, one more, well, I, I got probably a dozen more questions, but I'll, I'll try to limit myself to one or two more questions on, on that, uh, challenge that's, that's still forthcoming. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, some of the countries, um, that, that, you know, the state department in the UN is like, yeah, we can get you there, but not sure, you know, leaving the airport is, is the best option or leaving the military base is, is a safe option. Are you okay with the idea of doing a, a treadmill marathon in, in the airport of, you know, one or two or three or five of, of the countries? Um, does, does that check the box or is that not quite what you're, you know, does that, for lack of a better way of saying, it, is that not quite good enough to, uh, to, to check that country off the list? You know, I, I wish it wasn't that way, but it is that way. And I think, you know, obviously I'm going to partner with, uh, with, with some media outlet to, you know, help uh, cover the event. And I think, you know, highlighting the travesty of, you know, not being able to run outside because human relations are not, are not good or country relations are not good. I think, you know, that in a way that'll highlight, like, come on, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of trivial. It's kind of a pity that, mm-hmm. You know, you can't just let a guy out to go run. I mean, he's, <laughs> what, what harm is he? Right. So, I, you know, I, I could spin it either way. I mean, I think it is, it's a tragedy because it'd be much better to run outside than, you know, than running in an airport on a treadmill. But I think it will highlight, like, you know, how, how absurd and how ridiculous uh, the state of this world is in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, like like you said earlier with, with how, just how, great runners are and, and, the, and the community and how much good we can, we can bring to the world. Um, that'll be a, you know, when it, when it happens, I, I, I don't think it's an, if it's, it's a win. Um, it's going to be a quite the, uh, the, the goodwill and, and yeah, highlighting why can't we just, why can't we get along enough that we can, you know, we don't have to see eye to eye on everything, but can't we, you know, we should be able to, to run together and, and unite in that way. And, and, um, I, I can't wait to see it happen. And, and, uh, Certainly, uh, looking forward to to hearing the, the stories and the tales and following along when when it finally does come into fruition. No, I, I think you should pick a couple countries and come join me. <laughs> oh, well, I think I think that, that that's not a bad idea as well. Not a bad <laughs> idea as well. Um, talking about you, you mentioned the book a little bit, kind of shifting gears as we're getting kind of close to, to starting to wrap things up today, Dean. Um, you know, the new book, Running for Good, like you said, it's it's partnered with the, the Chicken Soup for the Soul folks, and anybody who's read a Chicken Soup for the Soul book knows that it's it's really it's a bunch of collection of of stories. In this case, 101 stories um, from from various runners, walkers, different different folks across the 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 running spectrum, if you will, um, which is 
quite different than than the first you know handful of books that, that you've written uh, over the, over the years. What was it like being part of a chicken soup for the soul type of book and, and putting together all these different types of stories from different folks, as opposed to you know the other books you've written where they're your book and they're your story and and, and it's it's you the whole way through. Is it, I have to imagine it was quite a bit different. But but what was it like from your perspective? You know, you're absolutely right. It's very, very much different because, um, you know, as you explained, the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, there's 101 stories from 101 different uh, authors. Mm -hmm. And they're short stories. They're, you know, the 1,200 word stories. So, you know, we had we had a couple thousand submissions for 101 places. So just trying to get through all these great stories to somehow choose, you know, select 101 that that seemed to be the best was was a really difficult process and a time-consuming process, but we put a lot of effort into it. And the chicken soup for the soul people are really great about that because you know anyone who's taking the time to write their story deserves to have it read and looked at and evaluated. So we selected the 101 stories we thought were the best and the best representation of you know of the chicken soup for the soul spirit. And you know for me it was it was really. It was really refreshing to read stories about people, you know, like I said, they couldn't walk to the end of their driveway right. and all of a sudden we're running a 5K because it's very different than my reality. I mean, my reality is, yeah, let's go run a hundred miler next month. Mm -hmm. And someone talking about they couldn't get to the end of their driveway, you know, and, and I don't know, it, it's very humbling to me <clears throat> and it, it lended um, better perspective to other people's struggles. So I really enjoyed that element of it. You know, I also learned a lot of things. I learned a lot about, um, you know, there's a great story about a, uh, a military vet that had PTSD and was suicidal. And his friend said, you know, I heard running can help. And his friend encouraged him to start running. And now this guy's an ultra marathoner and he has no more, no more nightmares, no more flashbacks, nothing. He's, he's completely healed himself through running. So I learned a whole lot in reading these other people's stories as well. You know, the, the, the one thing with, with running and, and reading is that, you know, there's a lot, there's so many training manuals. I mean, people can tell you what you need to do, you know, to run a marathon or a half marathon. Here's the manual. Here's what you need to do. But unless you have that fire in your belly, unless you really, you know, have that motive, that internal motivation to get out there and do it, having a training manual is not, you know, it's not very helpful. And uh, something like, you know, the chicken soup for the soul running for good, these short stories, which you can read, they're really quick takes. They're really inspirational and motivational and they help get you out the door. So, that's really what I love about um, this series is it, it motivates people to uh, to do what they, they need to do and they know they need to do it. Yes, I totally agree. And, and I love that they're, they're bite sized, which is which is beautiful, because like you said, you can read read them here, there uh, and, and, and get that that little that little burst, that little nugget of, no, of, of motivation. Um, you mentioned that there were, you know, a thousand plus submissions. Um, is there is there any plan to maybe make this uh you know running for good two running for good three where there's there, you know you're using some of the the submissions that didn't make the cut the first time um or is 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 that still you know the jury's still out on that front no I, this actually you know to to disclose all this is the second book I've done with chicken soup mm. for the soul so we've done two running books they've both been very successful and I can't see why we won't want to do another one um I you know the I think, like I said, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, spreading the word, I, I mean, I, I evangelize running and I hope everyone listening who's a runner does the same that you, you know, you encourage your friends and your colleagues and your family members to run. But this book does such a wonderful job. I mean, one of the, the biggest retail accounts is, is Walmart. Mm -hmm. 
And when you think of Walmart, you know, you don't necessarily think about runners, but this book is in Walmart and it does really, really well. So I like to think that it inspires people who are maybe not runners or want to start running just to pick up a copy. And, and that to me is, is really empowering because I think if we can get everyday people interested in, in becoming more active, everybody wins. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And, and like you said, you know, with with your story as as inspirational and, and awe inspiring as it can be um, to the person that struggles to walk to the end of the driveway to get the mail. Uh, it's it's not the most relatable story. But when they can see somebody else's story, then like, gosh, this is this is me. And look what look what this man is doing. Look what this woman is doing and, and how running has changed his or her life. Um, hopefully that's the type of spark that can really get somebody going, uh, to think that, that, you know, maybe, maybe I can't leave the bar at midnight on my 30th birthday and go run for 30 miles. Maybe that's a a bit of a step too much, or maybe I'm, I'm already 55. So that ship has sailed of of running a a 30 mile race on my 30th birthday. But you know, this person started with, you know, again, to your point earlier, started with running for one minute or two minutes and now look at him. Maybe this is something that I can do. And so, yeah, getting it into the hands of the non-runner is probably, I don't know, dare I say more important than getting it into the hands of, of the runner, uh, in your opinion? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that obviously there are a lot more non runners <laughs> right. than there are runners. So, you know, I think that, um, the, you know, the real power is, is getting in the hands of non runners, but I also say that, you know, for an elite runner, um, to read this book is also, it's refreshing because, you know, mm-hmm. if you're an elite runner, you're in, you're in a, t- a totally different space than most people. And you get consumed by, you know, racing and, you know, uh, trying to compete against others. And, you know, that can be a little bit toxic and that can lead to burnout. And reading stories about people, you know, just trying to trying to make it to the finish line of a 5K, it, it just lends a broader perspective to, to running. And, and if I could go even farther on that, not even just to the elites, but to those of us that, that I know I wouldn't consider myself an elite, but I'm, you know, when I'm get kind of stuck in race mode. Like it is all about the finish time and pushing myself and, and getting that new PR or running the new, the new record for this course or whatever the case might be. And it's easy to forget about maybe where I started from, or maybe, you know, being, being at a level where running that first 5k is, is challenging. So, um, I would say that, that everything you said about for the, the reasons for the elites to read it, probably good for those of us that are not elite, but not beginners to, to read it as well and get that same perspective, uh, and same reminders just like for the elites. And no, I agree. And, you know, I'll, I'll end this, this particular conversation with a funny story. Um, you know, and I was, I told you I ran a, an ultra marathon in Australia a few weeks ago and then, um, got right on a plane after the race mm-hmm. and, and flew back to the States. But, you know, as I was getting in the plane, one of the, the flight attendants looked at me and he said, uh, you look like a runner. Are you a runner? <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks. I thought maybe I look really beat up or whatever. I said, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, you're a marathon runner, you know. And he obviously wasn't a runner. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a uh, marathon runner. And I, you know, I, I kind of wanted just to go find my seat and fall asleep. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of said to the guy, hey, yeah, you, you're not gonna believe this. The guy just ran uh, a sub two hour marathon, and and he looked at me, and said, oh my god, he ran. Two, less than two hours for a marathon, how far is a marathon? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he didn't even know right. how far a marathon was. And it was just so refreshing to me to hear that. Like, you know, we're so caught up in our, in our, our personal best, you know, and, and what's going on in the racing scene. And it, to someone else, it's, it's just, it, it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And that's that's a great tee up for what I'm going to make is the last question today, Dean. And, and uh, certainly, again, thank you for for your time and, and for being here today. But the way I like to, to wrap up these these episodes or these these conversations is with with what I call a philosophical question, which is a fancy way of saying basically just something that's very open ended and, and you can just kind of take it whichever way you, you want to go with it. Um, but but I'm curious. And, and, and again, like it kind of teed up with this conversation with this this flight attendant on the airplane that that wasn't a runner, um, thought you looked like a runner, but but. I'm, I'm going to assume, didn't know who you were, didn't know you from, from Adam or anything like that. Um, and I'd just be curious, you know, with, with where you are in the running community and, and um, you know, the, the career you've, you've created out of, out of this, the sport of running that all of us know and love, um, pretty, pretty obviously, at least in the States, you know, you can't, you can't show up at a race without people just, just coming all, you know, wanting pictures with you and, and wanting to talk to you. And, and while on one hand, I have to imagine that's incredibly gratifying and, and, and humbling. And, you know, it's, it's just a great, you know, like you said earlier, like for people to tell you that, that something that you said or wrote or did helped inspire them is, is gotta be very just, I mean, just amazing. But, uh, you know, my, my kind of closing question today, um, do you ever wish you could just show up to a race, whatever distance it might be, and just run it as just another, you know, another guy, another runner that showed up at this 10K or half marathon or marathon or ultra or 5K or whatever it is. Um, would, would that be something that, uh, that that you ever think about and just be like, gosh, it'd be nice to just show up and, and run and not and not have to do all the other things? Or, or do you, you love the other things enough that, that it's not a, I don't want to say a, a negative, but something that, that you don't necessarily think about just running the race as a, as a quote unquote normal person anymore? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've kind of come to accept, mm -hmm. um, what I am and, <laughs> and you know, that it, it's such a, it's an endearing dynamic. Let's face it. How many people, you know, imagine showing up for a race and running and having people so excited to see you pull up an aid station and people want to take selfies right. and they're, you know, and they have, they, if they hear you're going to be there, they bring their copies of your book and they want you to sign a book. I mean, it's, it's such, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I'm so fortunate to have that. Um, you know, the thing is, I struggle. I mean, I have, you know, I, I have low moments and I, I can't have a low moment when I'm racing now because people, they, you know, I'm the ultra marathon man. I'm right. always fresh and fired up and, <laughs> and mostly I am, but you know, I get, I get beat up as well and I get tired and I get fatigued and I don't think anyone wants to see me as the guy who's falling apart during a race, even though I do fall apart mm -hmm. during a race. So I always try to hold my head high and almost put on an ax sometimes uh, to be cheerful just because I am who I am. And do I get tired of it? You know, like I said, when, I, when I'm really struggling and, you know, and um, my head is somewhere else and I come into an A station and, you know, people want to chat and they want to talk, mm -hmm. it, it can be a little exhausting. But I still, I rise to the occasion. Again, I, I, I'm so fortunate and blessed to be in a position I'm in. And, you know, I can go running by myself. Like I'm looking out uh, right now at a place called Mount Tamalpais where I live. I mean, after this call, I can go run for five hours and not mm -hmm. see another human being. Right. So I'm very content with that. And, and I do that quite a bit, actually. And that just keeps me grounded. So I think I have a really, really charming life. And I'm really a lucky guy. And I, I never take that for granted. Hmm. That's that's awesome. And, and uh, I, I again, I, I uh, certainly uh, appreciate your time and uh, and and. I think that, that all of us can, can say, you know, thank you for, for all you've done for the sport to make it, make it what it is today. And, uh, certainly wish you nothing but, uh, continued success. And, and I can't wait to hear about the, uh, the, all the, all the countries running around the world in a year and, uh, hopefully 
uh, lots of folks can can join you for some of those adventures as well. And, and once again, guys, if you want to keep keep tabs with what Dean's got going on, I mean, he's all over the place, but uh, you know, the, the home base is ultramarathonman.com is the website. Twitter, Facebook, just look for Dean Carnazis, And then on Instagram, at ultramarathon. Once again, disruns.com slash 792 is the link to take you back to the show notes for today. And we'll have everything linked up there as we always do. So, uh, Dean, thank you once again for, for the time today. Um, and, and I know I just said it, but I'm going to say it again. Thank you again for all that you've done for the, the running community, the running world, and uh, looking forward to uh, just seeing what, what the future continues to hold for you, what challenges you continue to, to put yourself up against, and I uh, certainly wish you nothing but uh, continued success going forward. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Thanks for having me on, and um, I'll make a deal. I'll keep going if you keep going. Yes, sir. You got a deal. Okay, deal. You heard it. We're on the air. We're going to both keep going. So I'll see you in, the, see in a few miles. How's that? Sounds good, Dean. You got a, a, few, you got a, a few kilometers. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Dean and myself. And as always, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about today that really kind of stuck with you, that really kind of made you, made you think a little bit? Uh, or, or made you start nodding your head or, or just amazed you because Lord knows there's, there's enough things about Dean that uh, are amazing, right? Some of the things that he's done, it's just, it's just mind boggling. And, and we barely scratched the surface uh, of some of the, the experiences that he's had and, and, you know, really gotten into the nitty gritty of those. Uh, and if you haven't, you know, heard any of those types of things, some of those stories, uh, sorry, we didn't get to him today. But uh, there's plenty of other podcasts and, of course, his books. You can check them out as well uh, that really kind of dive deep into some of those topics. So uh, for me, there were definitely a few different things that really kind of resonated, really kind of stood out for me in terms of you know just from today's conversation. But the, the takeaway that I'm going to go with um, was when, when Dean talked about trying to be a 360-degree athlete, 360-degree person, and how important that is to him and his running. Uh, you know, I think sometimes... I fall guilty of this and maybe you do as well, where, you know, I kind of compartmentalize each aspect of my life. And so, you know, there's, there's the running diz and then there's, there's the podcast diz, there's the coach diz, there's the husband diz, there's the dad diz the, you know, there's, there's all of the different pieces of me. And I like to think that, that one doesn't bleed into the other. But that couldn't be further from the truth. And, you know, when Dean was talking about being 360 degree person, being somebody who, you know, everything that he does impacts everything that he does, you know, eating well, sleeping well, getting, uh, getting good rest, having good relationships with his, with his friends, with his family, with his spouse, um, all of those things impact not only his running, but they all impact each, each aspect of his, his life and his health. And, you know, he kind of, how he, basically said that he credits that with helping him to stay healthy, helping him to be able to do so many crazy things. So many, I don't want to say crazy, just so many amazing, maybe that's a better word, just so many amazing adventures and things that he's done in the running world. And, you know, whether, whether you ever try to coordinate, you know, the a schedule to allow yourself to run uh, a marathon in every country of the world within one calendar year, um, or whether, you know, you're just trying to, to coordinate, you know, whatever your running goals might be. I just, I really think that the more we take care of our entire beings, and, and I don't mean this all woo-woo-y, although you can take it woo-woo-y, that's fine. Um, but I just think that, that we need to remember to not compartmentalize our running and think that it's independent of all of the other things going on in our life, because it's not. Because it's not. And, you know, if you really want to be successful with your running goals, if you want to blow your running goals out of the water and move on to 
quote unquote, bigger and better things. Uh, one of the most important things you can do, I think, and, and Dean talked about it was take care of your personal relationships, take care of, of all of the little things to help keep you healthy, keep you moving in the right direction. Um, and, and it was just a good reminder for me today that, that if I'm, if I'm honest, I let some things slip sometimes, or I, I try to keep things separated and that just, that just doesn't work. That just doesn't work. So that was my takeaway. Be a 360 degree human. That's, that's something I need to work better on doing. Uh, but what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? What was your takeaway from our conversation today? Uh, let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. Also, you can send an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, Dizruns.com slash 792. 792, rapidly closing in on 800 episodes, which is, uh, which is awesome, which is just awesome. But uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to episode 800 when we get to episode 800. Today, it's episode 792 for links, show notes, all of the things from today's conversation with Dean Carnassus. And uh, obviously, when you get there, if you get there, you can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways in the comments section there as well. So with that, don't forget to check out Amazon or Amazon. Come on. Well, you can check out Amazon as well, but you can also check out Audible and you can, you can support the show at the same, at the same time because every time you get, uh, you know, if you, if you take advantage of the offer for a free trial, Audible throws me uh, a few bucks. So, you know, it literally costs you nothing. You don't even have to, to purchase for me to get the couple bucks. You just need to sign up for the trial and then cancel before the third days are up if you decide you don't like it uh, at disruns.com slash audible. They throw me a few bucks. You get a book. Might I suggest one of Dean Carnassus' books? Um, I recently read uh, Run, 26.2 stories, uh, and absolutely loved it. And when I say read, of course, I mean had it read to me on Audible. Uh, I definitely would encourage you to check that one out. You can also check out Running for Good, which is Dean's new book, uh, part of the uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul series. So, uh, and, and Or you can check out something that's not by Dean, too. You know, There's, there's only like 10,000-plus copies or, or titles available. So, you know, you got... You got choices is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but anyway, check it out. Disruns.com slash audible. And with that, we'll go ahead and pull this ship into harbor once and for all for the day. Uh, thank you all for listening. I certainly appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, and until next time, be well, take care, happy running, and we'll talk soon. All right. Take care, guys. Mm-hmm.